closed now. When you when you do the review and say what are you guys drinking, you have to say what are you guys drinking. Because I'll be like, I'm drinking Fernet, a real man's drink. No one's doing that ever. <laughs> That's never happening. Fernet. The good stuff. Got everything queued yeah. up. Yes, I do. Do, you do I need to two star queued up? Yeah, yeah. I do. Do you? Uh, you want to do that first? Uh. But yeah, you usually have video on because people can then see when you're sharing screen. Yeah. Okay, sort of, yeah, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are right. Okie dokie, I'm ready. Just frame it a little better. Well, they can <clears throat> see me in the, in the. Right, but the framing is a little off. <clears throat> but yeah, okay, perfect. Uh, welcome. Gonna, gonna, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Lucas, ground rules. Uh, we are recording this. We record it all at once and then Divya edits. We try to make editing easy for Divya. Uh, things we don't talk about, looking at you, Shu. Um, how to commit crimes, uh, overthrowing the government, Jeffrey Epstein, uh -huh. anything that would be slander or liable. Um, and, oh, we don't use the word victim. Mm -hmm. Evidently that's a trigger word. So we're not yeah. allowed to use it. Uh, and so the format is Debbie reads a story. We all comment, you know, we're having fun, making jokes, and then we move on. Mm -hmm. I've sent you also like the document, Lucas, so you can look at the stories as well, just oh. so like you have, I don't think you're in the video. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's too late now. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, gotcha. So, okay. welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover five of the most interesting data breaches from this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Divya. I'm Shu. And Lucas. Okay, great. Well, uh, we made it to 2022. Divya, what has happened so far? Okay, so the first story of this year for the first BNB of this year is about Ava Slopper. And uh, Ava Slopper ransomware uses any desk in safe mode to launch attacks, Sophos reports. Um, Sophos, a global leader in next generation cybersecurity, today released a new research about Ava Slopper ransomware, um, saying that you know in safe mode they can launch attacks. So what do you guys have to say about this story? Uh, from a technical perspective, uh, Avis Locker is, is pretty well known. Um, I think they tried to make it a big headline by saying it works in safe mode. And that's not that difficult. I mean, safe mode's not going to protect you from everything. So. It was interesting, it's clever, but uh, don't rely on safe mode to be your protection. So I liked this story for a completely different reason. I liked how Avos Locker is using the same DevOps tools that everyone else is using, right? Like they're not running like hacker screen grab 2021. <laughs> they're running off the shelf DevOps tools. 
And I think that's great because it begs the question, are they also running like GitHub? Are they doing code check-ins and code reviews? Are they doing like sprint planning for their next version of ransomware? I just, I see this as proof that ransomware gangs are just corporations and they use the same tools that we do. It raises the question, not begs the question. Right? Beg the question. <laughs> begs the question is a very specific use case that 99.9% doesn't apply. You're raising the question. So what is this any, uh, what, what is any desk and like, um, how are they using any desk to like deploy I'm, not, I'm a little confused about this. Uh, it's uh, remote access management software that allows you to take over uh, computers yeah. and manage them remotely. So hackers have been known to take over um, like remote desktop with Microsoft, but this is just something you can install and then you've always got a backdoor. And yeah. A super easy backdoor because you just take over control um, and it's off the shelf commercial software. Yeah, I'm not sure if this, this doesn't really qualify as a supply chain attack, but it's in kind of the same genre that you're using something that's officially sanctioned and you think is safe, but really it's not safe. Right, so when did this happen? Which was the date? June. Ago, so January. This says, yeah. No, this says uh, first appeared in June 2020, 2021. So for like six, seven months, it's been going right. on. Yeah. That's Avos Locker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Avos Locker has been like around for, hmm. for a while and who knows what sort of things has happened. Right. Any any comments, final comments, Lucas? I'm having a hard time because I don't know the company, but I do get some questions, like some technical questions. If this has been running so so long, like Shu said, why wouldn't they, you know, they realize that there was a backdoor at the at first? How would they know when it when it pops up? Well, I, I think. I think to answer your question, uh, AnyDesk is legitimate software. It's just being used by a criminal enterprise, right? So mm -hmm. you think, oh, I'm going to use antivirus or anti-malware and that's gonna prevent ransomware. But if Avos Locker uses the same tools that DevOps do, then you can't block them. Right, right. So they basically install a backdoor accidentally. Uh, no, they, I mean, they install a backdoor on purpose, but they're installing a backdoor that very well could be the same uh, DevOps tools that are being used internally. It's, it's very, uh, the, the great part of the story is that we see that hackers are not using big, scary hacking tools. They're just using regular software for, right. you know, for fraud, so. I can't believe it anyway. I didn't think that this would happen with so many you know, firewalls and security already protocols in place.
that's really odd, especially in this, in this last year. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, just a disclaimer, but mm -hmm. I'm going to, after bourbon breaches, it's going to get really chaotic. Like all the stories are going to just be chaos if you're prepared for it. Okay. I'm just letting you know beforehand okay. because I changed the order. Okay. Okay. Anyway, do the story number two. Oh, no, we don't do it anymore. You just say next up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> for the next story, you guys, uh, this comes from um, Broom. Field. And let me go ahead and share my screen. All right. Okay, I'm going to do it again. So just don't mind me. All right, guys, for the next story, we have ransomware group claims successful hack of Broomfield cybersecurity firm. Uh, the ransomware group Ragnar Locker spread claims of a successful hack of telecom analytics from Subex and its Broomfield-based uh, cybersecurity subsidiary. Um, what do you guys have to say about this uh, story? They're actually claiming to do it, or you know, there have been some news about it actually happened. No, it was a successful hack. So it, it definitely happened. And uh, it happened for like the telecom analytics. It's uh, the firm is Subex and then it's Broomfield based cybersecurity subsidiary, Sectrio on uh, Saturday. So that is probably like January 9th. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's see, this is, this is reported on uh, Ragnarok's uh disclosure site mm -hmm. did you guys see this i assume we saw this yeah i mean it's it's in hack notice yeah. I, I don't remember looking at this one in particular but yeah yeah that's kind of embarrassing for them you're a security company firewall company and they got ransomware well got. It, it's also pretty concerning right mm -hmm. because right. what you know, what can you do with that? You can take any code base and you can start finding zero days in it. You can yeah. build a backdoor in the code base. You can find all the clients. Like it's just a great launching off platform for uh, further attacks. So it's pretty concerning. Yeah. I think the thing would, uh... I mean, even beyond that, I would assume that, uh, or I would, I I would guess, not really assume that they left some kind of presence in their network, their security company. You're in there, you ransomware things. Why not just stay in there? That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, ransomware they want they want the ransom to be paid, but uh, so so you, you, if if they were going to just infiltrate and stay, then they would have done it quietly, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a bunch of companies that are already hacked and they don't know they're hacked because hackers are not holding them for ransom. They're just waiting or doing additional hacks. <clears throat> kind of like SolarWinds. SolarWinds had hackers in there for, for quite some time um, trying to infiltrate even further. Uh, with this, they're holding them for ransom. So clearly they, you know, they, they did all they were going to do. Now they just want to get paid. We hope, because you're right. Because they're- Allegedly. They were both right. I mean, 
yeah, there there could be a lot more damage to this that we don't know about yet. But it destroys their reputation anyway, right? Being a cybersecurity company and having breached. It's not a good look. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, there were, and like Ragnar, apparently like uh, the article mentions that they're trying to embarrass the company and uh, they condemn Sectrio for their inability to protect their own network. And, uh, you know, they <laughs> put it on their wall of shame, which was kind of pretty cool. <laughs> but um, yeah. Horrible. That's pretty horrible. It's very <laughs> sad. Uh, and it's not ironic at all. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, the scoop on this one. Any comments about this story? No, I mean, we're looking at how many gangs now? 50, 60. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many started last year with, but I'm going to go with about half that number. Yeah. So uh, we, and we have three different Ragnar related gangs. There's Ragnarok, there's Ragnar, there's mm -hmm. Ragnar Locker. Um, so we, it's, we're just seeing cybercrime explode. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very unfortunate. Yeah, that doesn't seem too too popular in here. I haven't heard so much of this story, so it is kind of new for us. But it seems like happens very often, isn't it? Yeah, it's happening all the time. Well, you may not hear a high frequency of stories, but there was a hacker that stole all of Argentine, all of Argentine's <laughs> data, like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so your data has been stolen. And sold in private circles. And it's been stolen recently. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's not been stolen multiple times, but it has been stolen very, very recently. So, you know. I've already <laughs> posed as you. I've already posed as Miguel. I've already posted, posed as Ario. I've used all your identities already. Feel free to use it. <laughs> I think you've seen that video, yeah, of the Argentinian government breach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good times. All right. I think it's time for a bourbon break. And today's bourbon, starting out the year right with two stars. Two stars is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey from Jefferson County, Louis, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it's 86% proof, uh, and it's distilled, aged, and bottled by the Clear Springs Distilling Company. Uh, and I have no idea who they are. Um, have you heard of Clear Springs, uh, Shu? I have not. So this was an impulse buy. I was walking down the bourbon aisle, and I saw two stars, and I said, Let's try that. Uh, I think I think it actually was on a list of bourbons to try. Um, I'm going to use that as my justification. Uh, but it, it was it was cheap. I don't remember how cheap, but it was not expensive, and uh, it was a Kentucky Street bourbon. So wanted to go ahead and try it. Uh, Dilly's got a, a little bit more detail about about it. You want to tell yes. us about it? Okay, you guys, so two stars bourbon. Uh, I went on the Total Wine website and- 47? Yes. No. Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. 
No, it was like 20. Well, was it half off because of New Year's or something? No. Uh-uh. Were you at Specs? You must have been at Specs. I was at Specs, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about about $48. <laughs> That's a whole lot of something. So, you guys, uh, anyway, uh, Total Wine says that it's aged a minimum of four years. Two Stars Bourbon is actually named as a tribute to the municipal flag of Louisville, Kentucky. So it's not uh, the brand's uh, rating. Uh, as you can see, it's 3.9 over here. Uh, a better... Wait, so is, so is it even from Kentucky? Yes. Oh, it's got that fucking Spirits Direct tag, dude. Oh, man. That's your problem right there. Well, that's, uh, that's the lesson I learned with red blooded. Okay. So, uh, a better, like, I mean, they, it, it says that they have a rich Tommy Amber Hue. Oh, that's the big ball. It's, it's 48 for 1.75 liters. Ah, okay. No, this, this is small. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. Well, uh, they say that uh, it has a lean, woody aroma, dry character, and warming finish. And it's a Kentucky bourbon, gold medal, uh, in SF Spirits competition. I also would like to share that uh, I did have to do like some research as to finding out where exactly this uh, bourbon was made. And it turns out it's at Barton 1792, which is also a subsidiary of, I believe, Clear Springs. So uh, what are your thoughts and comments on this? Sure. So I've been drinking Two Star in a highball and, and it's, it's good, it's fine. It's perfectly fine in a highball. Um, I have also tried it straight, but I'll have uh, some right now. So it's 3.9 out of five stars or not? It's a little sweet, not much going on on the nose, uh, quite a bit of alcohol. It's semi-sweet and it's got an alcohol burn, uh, sort of single flavor, kind of a long finish. Um, I wouldn't say it's corny. I would say, you know, oaky. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's good for sipping. Um, because they, there's not much going on, right? It's, it's fine. Uh, it's bourbon. It, it is not offensive. Um, it's got some burn to it. It's not like a finished, like four year, eight year uh, age. Um, and I, it's great for mixing. So uh, the, you know, the joke is that I've been considering this to be appropriate advertising. I, I would actually give it two stars, right? Like I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it um, for 20 bucks. It was fine. Uh, I've had way worse for that have cost way more. So, uh, you know, I, I would have to agree. Two stars. Two stars out of five. Is it, it says right there, two stars. What do you expect? Yeah. We warn you. Stars out of five. Yeah, two like, okay. 
Because yeah, this, is this is an okay bourbon. It's 20 bucks. It's two stars. Yeah, it's it is it, it is bourbon and it it is not offensive in any way. Um and uh, I think two stars is perfectly fine. If you went to a bar and got their well bourbon, <clears throat> they gave you two stars, you're not going to be upset. Mm. You're like, yes, this is bourbon. Thank mm. you. <laughs> this is a two-star bourbon. <laughs> yes, straight forward. Yes, it's, two star bourbon. it's two stars for 2022. <clears throat> so it all makes sense and lines up. Now, special thank you to our sponsors, Two Stars. Two Stars, a great bourbon. Go ahead and get it. Actually, five stars. <laughs> two Stars. It's a two-star bourbon. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> what you expect. <laughs> okay, you know, if you're disappointed, it's on you, okay? <laughs> Who warned you? Like, it's the marketing manager. Okay, any final thoughts on it? That's okay. it. I think we're moving on. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on to story number three. So this is stories from here on forth are going to be very spicy and crazy. Uh, a ransomware attack took a New Mexico jail offline, leaving inmates in lockdown. Um, so last week, there was like an Albuquerque area jail without access to its camera feeds and rendered automatic door mechanisms were unusable. Uh, inmates were confined to their cells as a result, while technicians struggled to bring back systems online. So what do you guys have to think about this one? Hmm. They should you use keys, like physical keys. <laughs> I think it's amazing that a hacker could get in and sabotage a jail to the point that everyone had to go into lockdown and solitary confinement. That's actually just to prove that you can do it because it has no benefit for the hacker, just keeping them in. Yeah. You would think that critical systems inside a jail would not be online, right? And, and I get it, like, it's only the camera system and they, they did lockdown just to be safe because they couldn't see anything, but still, like, um, you know, in Mr. Robot, there was uh, a scene, spoiler, where, where Mr. Robot uh, breaks someone out of jail by, like, shutting down the power grid and, like, opening up all the jail cells. And... Yeah. It was always like, yeah, right. Like that could ever happen. Um, evidently, maybe. Like maybe in this case, it wasn't that far-fetched. It's just very surprising. But I agree with you. They should use keys. It's much <laughs> No, they had to. They had to use like actual manual keys to like uh, go in and out of like cells and like the, the whole jail and everything. Why do we act like keys are bad technology? Like we've <laughs> been using keys for a long time. Um, and I will remind you when Facebook or Meta oh my God. had their DNS issue, they were locked out from all of their buildings and their data centers to the point that they couldn't go in to fix it because they didn't use keys. So, keys are great. Moral of the story is keys. 
Not digital keys, physical keys. Yeah. This episode brought to you by keys. Keys. <laughs> They're awesome. They work. <laughs> and hack a key. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, so we, we have this, uh, not only are we like locking prisoners there, but uh, it put them in legal consequence, right? This article talks about there was a, there's been a legal agreement with prisoner with uh, with a lawsuit that was settled and now this lockdown potentially violates that so there's there's consequences here besides just prisoners stuck in the jail for a few more hours mm-hmm. right well and it was the camera system right so it is an invasion of privacy and there could be plenty of lawsuits saying that you displayed images of me that i didn't consent to and all that I'm wondering if it triggers something for the prisoners, like if they have been in lockdown, let's say for 48 hours, if that could trigger some lawsuit also. Very possible. Depends what agreement they have, what promises they've made. Yeah. It's collective punishment and it's against the Geneva Convention. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Under the Geneva Convention, I'm a sovereign citizen. Well, yeah, exactly. I have, I have just the group for you. <laughs> real, real sovereign citizens don't group together. <laughs> they value their independence. <laughs> they virtually group together. I got to open the door for a second. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Yeah, apparently there were incidents of like fighting, use of force, and... Mm, yeah, no, actually, oh, so all the incidents of like uh, fighting and use of force and allegations of sex or sexual assault and everything were not available and is believed to be corrupted by the attack. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. Like, honestly, sounds like it was like a relative of somebody in the jail system or something. And they just were like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm back. Right? Data destruction. Mm -hmm. Data destruction can be quite valuable Mm -hmm. if you choose what data to destroy. Yeah. Okay. Any last comments on this story? Move on. All right. Okay, guys. So let's move on to story number four. This is another very sad story uh, for the Ukrainian government. Um, the hackers bring down government sites in Ukraine and they left a message saying, be afraid. Um, they brought down dozens of Ukrainian government websites on Friday and posted a message on one of them, be afraid and expect the worst a day after a breakdown in diplomatic talks between Russia and the West intended to forestall a threatened Russian invasion of the country. What do you guys have to say about this one? Well, this one is much more aggressive. I think it's probably from one of the two parts, the arrangement. What do you think? I mean, we, we've been saying for a long time that uh, data breaches and ransomware attacks are pretty much acts of war, right? Like if a lot of wars have been started because 
uh, of economic uh, sabotage, right? Sinking of ships and, and confiscating of ships. And like we've, we've been talking about Russian hackers aggressively going after the US and colonial pipeline and re-evil and, and all that stuff, right? And now we're seeing the, the buildup before Russia's planned invasion of Ukraine with cyber attacks being the front line. And, and I, I think we're at the point where, where you have to recognize that a cyber attack is an actual attack and it has real uh, political and military consequences. And so, yeah, like we're seeing Russian hackers or Russian affiliated hackers that are going after Russia's current focus, which is trying to find a way to invade Ukraine. Right, especially if they leave a message in that specific. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Shu? Yeah, I, I, this, I mean, this has been happening in Ukraine for years. Um, at this point, if I was Ukraine, I would just shut down every computer and wipe it and reinstall everything. It's uh, the the level of attack on this was was pretty extensive. There were a lot of sites and a lot of agencies that were taken down from this. Yeah, and I think it was purely to sow chaos and fear. It probably was assets that. Russian affiliated hackers already had, and they just decided to say, oh, okay, let's just take some of these, some of these assets and show everyone that they're already compromised. Yeah. So they took down the whole website and just left that message. They, yeah. they took the site, they took all the data, mm -hmm. they put that message up and then they said, they're going to leak the data. They which, already did apparently. Well, uh -huh. well, yeah. we'll see. Right. So. Yeah. That's one hard. I mean, it begs the question, begs the question, you know, begs the question. No, it raises the question. It raises the question that if a data leak is uh, considered damaging enough as a precursor to war, then what do we do about all these other data leaks, right? Because well, we, yeah. uh, we apparently find companies pennies on a dollar for data leaks and we don't care. Yeah, on, on the one hand, we take it completely unseriously and we let companies have a whole lot of leeway about what data gets leaked and the consequences of that. And then on the other hand, it's also an act of war. So yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, a little, it's a little iffy. Quite I think the it discrepancy. I think it is kind of a, a start to that because they attacked especially one website just leaving a very public message. So I do think it's just taking it one step farther. What's, what's interesting is like they said that they publish the messages or whatever in three different languages that is like Russian, Ukrainian, and Polish. And they're like, um, you know, they raised a number of historical grievances between Poland and Ukraine, as in to like lead people to thinking that, oh, maybe Poland has to do with it. So 
what do you think about that approach? Because usually some of these like hackers are pretty, you know, no. confident in their abilities. No, I think I think the whole Polish thing is is not. It's a distraction. Yeah, yeah. it's not. No one is fooled right. by this <laughs> false flag. Yeah. This, this was Russian hackers against yeah. Ukraine. Damn you, Polish hackers. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's not me. It's Poland. It's Poland. <laughs> you can see that right here. Yes. Hello, <laughs> fellow Polish comrade. <laughs> we do not like the pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get going. Let's go. Okay, guys. So this is the last story of the evening. And uh, this is probably my favorite story because it happened very recently. And it's about V-Evil, which is the notorious gang that has hacked and installed ransomware in a lot of like uh, businesses. And V-Evil ransomware gang was arrested in Russia. And this is six hours ago. And uh, they have dismantled the ransomware crime group, and um, uh, you know they've seized like more than four hundred twenty-six million rubles, which is like oh. four uh, million pounds, and including almost five hundred thousand pounds uh, worth of cryptocurrency. What do you guys have to say about this? And I think that's euros. But... Do we believe this? Yeah, I so I I believe that some Russian hackers got arrested. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with you. I do not believe that all of Re Evil got arrested, um, but I do find it interesting that back in May, when Colonial Pipeline happened, and the U.S. was like, Russia, you need to go and arrest Re Evil. Russia was like, re-evil, we don't know who that is. And then come January, they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna round them all up and uh, and throw them all in jail, mm -hmm. right? Like, it seemed like they had a lot of intimate knowledge about uh, who re-evil was uh, this week. Suddenly, they're like, oh, that re-evil. Yeah, they're, they're right there. We're gonna... Get <laughs> we'll go ahead and get them for you. Yeah. So I'm okay. So let's not believe. For the US, not, not for the U.S. Because no extradition. They're, no. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. So they're going to stay in a Russian country club prison for <laughs> a few weeks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I do agree with Steve. So, I'm not sure if it's everyone on that cryptocurrency they found. That may be just small change. I'm sure there's a lot more to that. Yeah, four hundred forty thousand pounds is nothing. Yeah, no, I, I think Re Evil was one of the the billionaires' club for ransomware. So oh yeah. I think they had received at least a billion uh, U.S. dollars, mm -hmm. and uh, but they rounded up what twenty people, and yeah. and then they rounded up uh, premium cars. Premium cars. <laughs> so that raised questions. Is this like a premium car by worldwide standards, or is this like a premium Russian car? Because if this is like a you know Vladimir twelve, 12 <laughs> then I may be less impressed than if this is a bunch of 
Do not eat. Sputnik 12. So uh, I mean, this raised so many questions to me. Like, first of all, I this the articles I read didn't differ differentiate, didn't actually specifically say that these were re-evil gang members or affiliates. Mm -hmm. So are they just affiliates? And if they're affiliates, who, who the fuck cares? And if this is legit, then like if this is if this is Russia like genuinely arresting re-evil gang members, then sorry Ukraine, you're not getting into NATO anymore. So this definitely ties the back to the story, right? Is this some sort of concession here? Could be. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I don't see re-evil being a trading piece here. Mm -hmm. What what I think happens is re-evil did they brought on a lot of heat that Russia didn't like by hacking colonial pipeline. And I think they did it by accident. I think re-evil is perfectly happy ransoming US businesses, uh, but then they hit critical infrastructure and the US got pissed. And Russia didn't like that. And the rumor is allegedly that these uh, Russian hackers are somewhat known or affiliated with the government. And as long as they don't go after Russian uh, assets, they're, they're fine. And so I think that re-evil crossed the line uh, and someone wanted to make an example out of them. And so they rounded up people and cars and money and whatnot, right? I think this is this is the stick, right? Like if you don't stay in line, if you make trouble for Russia, you're you're going to go to jail. Um, and I think this, you know, is it real? Is it just all for show? Who knows? It's like saying if you make trouble for Russia, Russia made trouble for you. Thank you, Dan. No, but you know what's what I really also found interesting is that this whole like NATO talks with like between Russia and Ukraine and the timeline of like Russia uh, getting re-evil uh, arrested and everything is just everything. I feel like everything is just like connecting to like a bigger. I mean, yeah, it's it's got to be. This is why the fuck would Russia care about re-evil right now, yeah. right this moment? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, I I would not rule out the notion that they may be pawns in this. I think, but again, again Steve, I I I think you might be onto something there. This is sort of the nature of this. We always draw parallels to privateering, and everything's fine and dandy, and uh, government's going to look its way, but. If you piss off the government, if you become too much a problem, the government's going to crack down on you. Yeah. 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 They're in this gray area for a reason here. You know? it's, it's a great, it's a great analogy. It's like, you know, pirates would operate out of the Bahamas. And as long as they didn't hit the ships related to the government in the Bahamas, they're fine. Right. But once they hit like a Spanish vessel or whoever it was at the time, then that's going to bring in the military and that's going to bring in all this heat. No one wants that. So you crack down on it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, we've been dealing with piracy for a long time. 
But I will remind you that that privateers and pirates have started wars, right? So, yeah, very much so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like maybe two or three uh, BNBs ago, you also mentioned something about Russian, like like hackers do not really have like uh, Russians or like if they have- No, they, they don't. They it, don't. It's, it's hard coded so, into most, most ransomwares that if you have yeah. the Cyrillic keyboard, the Russian yeah. keyboard, the ransomware will not encrypt. Yeah. It, it'll just be like, oh, my bad, mm -hmm. and he'll like exit the building. Sorry. <laughs> back away and be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Wrong place. Because that jewelry thing happened, like, uh, you know, that high-end jeweler that had mm -hmm. like ransomware. I think after that, it's just becoming spicier and spicier in the... Well, so I, I, my guess was that whoever hit the Russian jeweler was not in Russia, right? Mm -hmm. Because... I just don't believe the average Russian hacker would, would bring that level of heat down mm -hmm. upon themselves. I agree. Okay, friends, that's all. That's it. Yes, yeah. the lesson here is stock toilet paper and stock paper towels. Because you know what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot, Chu. Chu, are you trying yeah. to cause panic buying? Yes. No. Oh. Did you, is this market manipulation again? Did you buy a bunch of uh, toilet paper and you want to sell it on the black market? The first part is true. <laughs> <laughs> Second part yet to be seen. <laughs> we don't want I might need it. Conversation show. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, this has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you like what you saw today, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you hated everything you saw today, you get what you paid for. So, two stars. Yeah. Uh, it says right there, two stars. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, give us five stars. Give us all the stars. Five stars. Just do it. <laughs> um, until next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, okay. Ugh. Fournette's great. <laughs>